You're listening to the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. In today's publishing landscape, you can reach fans all over the world. Query letters are a thing of the past. You don't even need a literary agent. There is nothing standing in the way of making a living from writing. Join two best-selling authors who have self-published more than 20 books between them. Now, on to the show with your hosts, Autumn Burt and Jasper Schmidt. Hello, I'm Autumn, and today we have a special guest with us for episode 109. With me, I have audiobook narrator and actor, Brian Grace. Hello, so everybody. hi, Brian. How are you today? I'm doing really well. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you join me for so many reasons. One, because I know there's so many authors out there who want to produce audiobooks, and they're not quite sure... You know, there's the steps you can go online and read the blog posts, but you're an actual audiobook narrator. So I thought it'd be really fun to get the perspective of what you need, what what you want to see an author bring to you. But also because you're my audiobook narrator, and I just thought it would be fantastic to talk to you and record a podcast. I'm looking forward to it. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so you've been working with me on my post-apocalyptic series, Friends of My Enemy, and we we just determined um, for almost four years now, because it's a long series, and so I just thought this is great. I know you through what we've done together, but if you would like to introduce yourself, because I know, especially since we've met, there's so much more you've been doing. Well, sure. Um, I've actually started, I guess you could say, officially acting in 2015 when I started uh, on Such a Voice. I went online and found the uh, the website that kind of taught you how to be a voice actor. And uh, I went through that. It was about an eight-month eight course, and uh, that introduced me to the world of narration and animation, which I didn't think was possible for me when I was growing up because I just figured it was something just for the uh, famous folks. I just figured, <laughs> okay, you had to be uh, already a big name or already have some sort of like following in order to get anywhere in the voiceover world. But um, I quickly found out through that lesson that um, uh, anybody can do it. And if you have the talent, um, the sky's the limit. So um, I started through that. And then once I got my demo through them, I started picking up um, uh, theater. I started theater in 2017 with uh, Christmas Carol. And uh, my first ever role was uh, Bob Cratchit. I thought that was pretty darn cool. So (laughs) that's a good first role. Yeah, I mean, be like the second billing actor in the in the stage play. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I started doing acting in 2018 throughout uh, many different um, plays and shows. Then I started into uh, film acting. Once I came back in 2018 for Christmas Carol for the second time, one of the actors told me about uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and how they had the actor factory up there. So I decided to start checking them out. I went over there, started taking classes from them, and then I got myself an agent here in Tulsa, uh, met her through my church, and uh, she was just beginning her um, uh, actor. She was she was beginning her um, studio. Okay. So I got involved with her, got to be one of her first actors, and then I started doing uh, film, uh, film and TV stuff. Um, I've been in several different uh, smaller roles, nothing huge to date, but uh, things are still working and things are still moving around. And I'm constantly taking classes and learning all the time. So um, as far as my acting career goes, I'm I'm uh, doing the best I can and uh, getting out there, getting my name out there, marketing as much as I can and always continuing to learn. 
That's awesome. Well, I mean, I know I'm totally biased, but I've worked with over nine audiobook narrators now, and I just think you're extremely talented. I feel so lucky to have you. So I know you're going to go far. I, I'm not that worried about it, but you just have to finish up this last book first yeah, <laughs> before yeah, you really run away. Yeah, I, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate your patience. I mean, I know it's been a hectic couple of years, but I'm going to get this uh, this book done as quickly as I possibly can. I know I, that I'll miss you, but that's okay because I know we'll both do great things and we'll, maybe we'll end up together again. So that's all right. It'll oh, be totally worth it. Yeah, it's not like we're going to stop communicating once the book is done, right? <laughs> I would hope not. I still want to go get a beer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I come over there to Vermont or you come over here to Oklahoma. Yeah, we'll get, we can chill. That'd be fun. That would be a lot of fun. All right. So before we get um, too nostalgic and everyone else is like, okay, I thought this was about audiobooks. Oh, we met via ACX, which is uh, Amazon's Audible production, you know, their audiobook production. So is there anywhere else that you have a profile or where you would suggest that people can find narrators? Um, I know Find Away Voices has become big, especially outside the U.S. So where where do you think people should be looking for, especially authors, be looking for narrators? If you're looking for just narration, I would suggest ACX is a really good start. Um, although the uh, the profit sharing is a bit biased towards ACX, they do take they do take a majority of the money, which they is kind of big sad. chunk. Yeah, it's kind of sad for both authors and narrators because uh, you know they take sixty, where you have to you have to split 40 between you and the author, which is kind of a bum deal, but Hey, it's, it's meant for beginners. It's meant for people who are uh, authors who are just beginning to look for uh, great narrators and narrators just looking for great authors for good stories. But um, ACX is great to start for, for uh, getting that, um, getting that experience, getting a couple bucks. But uh, another nice one is behind the voice That's where I really oh. started. Okay. Um, that's where I really started was behind the voice actors.com. And that's uh, most of those projects are free. You don't actually get any money from them, but hmm. the experiences you get from them are incredible, especially if you want to do character work, because there's a lot of people on there. They put their passion projects on there, like students or um, filmmakers, things like that. They put um, their projects on there and they put like lines for different characters. And they say, here's what the character is supposed to be. Sometimes they have a picture of what the character looks like and they say, this is going to be a cartoon. It's going to air on such and such website and we want to have some voices. So they do like a casting call and anybody can go on there, get a free account and then actually audition for those lines. And if you're chosen, you get to be part of their project. Again, most of the time, yeah, most of the time it's not paid, but it's the experience. And it's also a big, big uh, kind of like a projection point for anybody who's uh, starting off. Oh, I think that sounds actually like a lot of fun. That's kind of cool. I I might just check it out to see what people are doing because I'd love oh, seeing creativity like that. Yeah, there's all sorts of projects. I mean, I just I just auditioned for another one recently because uh, so I'm also part of a uh, um, a voice acting class that takes place. Uh, my my teacher is actually in L.A. and okay. uh, he's a pretty big time voice actor and uh, coach, and uh, he does he's done movies, he's done films. But um, what's cool is that he has a group setting uh, that he calls the panic room, which is kind of fun. That basically allows allows people who are just beginning in the voiceover world to uh, kind of throw out their ideas. And uh, they have a group setting. So it's about like 20 people that uh, get together and they share their ideas and they share their projects and things like that. 
but uh, I found uh, from behind the voice actors another um, project. So I was like, oh, let's try this for my class. I brought it into the class. They all they all thought I did a great job. So I was like, well, if I did so good, I might as well audition for it. So I went ahead and auditioned for it. <laughs> good. Oh, that's exciting. Like I said, yeah. it's always amazing the things that you've gotten into and. I love seeing your career blossom. So I think it's really cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's funny, though, because so you're talking about projects and stuff. And so that's always a good topic. So when you're considering a book or any of these other projects, how important is it to like the story or the characters? Or, or are you just sometimes looking for a challenge or something easy, maybe not a challenge? I mean, what does it take for you to be like, yeah, I want to interview for that? Well, I mean, I believe that in order to tackle any project, you have to have some sort of connection with it or else it's just mm -hmm. kind of a waste of time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> when I considered uh, Friends of My Enemy, for instance, I mean, I read the scene from the book, uh, the book one, where I actually yes. had Jared meeting Derek for the first time. And uh, all I knew about the story was that it was just a dystopian war drama. And then the book needed several accents from all across the world. So my immediate thought was, wow, that sounds really tough, but I really like the challenge and it sounds like a really cool idea. <laughs> so for more, so for me, really, I warmed up to the characters more than I warmed up to the story in the beginning. Right, so right. once I actually started figuring out who the characters were and I talked to you about how you wanted them to sound, accents, where from, I did a lot of research on the accents. And then I started falling in love with the characters because I figured out that every character is basically a, a reflection of you as the narrator. So oh, when you right. actually when you actually develop a character, they are you. So they basically become your best friends. And uh, there's no way you can forget your best friends once you got them. That's so it's I very much how when I'm writing I feel the same way because people often say like what ask that question who's your favorite character and my pat answer is the character I'm writing in now because it could be the villain it could be it's really hard sometimes when it's a teenage ditzy girl I, I have a hard time with that character but you have to do your best like you said it's your best friend you want to tell their story the best you can and it's so awesome to re hear that reflected in what you do you are basically taking this on and it's like you know it's like you're the author you're the narrator and you want to give the story whoever point of view whatever character the best story you can right and i believe that it's it it is your story as the author so i have to do justice for the author and um what i think is nice is that you can actually um give some like audio clips of what you think the character should sound like but you also get the author's opinion saying like, uh, well, I like, I like this, but maybe I should make him sound more Southern or maybe, maybe actually sound more European or something like that. So it, it makes it so you get to play around with the author before you create the character, you know? Yeah, I do. I remember when we were first starting out and you would send me clips and we would discuss or you would ask me like, have you ever thought about how this character sounds? And you know, it's there, but when you're writing, I don't know, maybe some people already are visual. I visualize it more than hear it. And so you did make me sit down and think, well, how does that character sound? And <laughs> answer some <laughs> tough questions. Yeah, that's I, mean, always... I, know, I know I had to do a lot of research on different accents and that, that took a long time because, I mean, uh, going onto YouTube and looking up how someone from South Africa sounds versus how someone from like Australia sounds or... Uh, Northern Europe, Southern Europe, um, you know, um, all different parts of the world. I had to look up so many different accents. 
That's my fault. <laughs> I feel so bad. <laughs> but you did an amazing job and it was stunning. And I, there are a lot of narrators that I've worked with and talked to who just narrate the entire story in the same tone. Well, you know, they add the emphasis or they get excited. But you literally give each character an accent, a sound that is individual and unique. And I don't know, as much as, I mean, as much as people say like, oh, how do you keep the character straight in your head when you're writing? I don't know how you keep the character straight in your head over the years we've worked together, multiple books, keeping the accent the same is mm. amazing to me. I, I'm not sure how you make the mental notes. And especially when there's a scene that has two different characters or three different characters. I'm really cruel to you a lot. <laughs> um, you know, they're talking and the ones from America and the ones from South Africa and the ones British and you switch between all of them. So effortlessly on this clip that you're giving to me, I, I mean, how does it, how do you even organize that in your head? And then can you record that in one take or are you doing multiple takes? How are you managing that? Well, I mean, I just love giving every single person their own unique voice, personality, and life. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's way more fun to me, the narrator, and way more fun for the listener, as they can really distinguish the, difference, the differences between every single person. Um, it is definitely more work and requires a good memory of the, uh, as Friends of My Enemy has over 20 reoccurring characters that have their own uniqueness. Yes. <laughs> And uh, like I stated, I give every one of them life. I place myself in their shoes and become that particular person. So it really helps that the chapters are from their certain perspectives as it gives me a better idea of who that person is because I can know how they think and how they'd react to situations. And um, I, that's really unique for your stories. I think they're really cool that uh, every chapter is from a different point of view. So that that's it, it makes it so it's like uh, you get to change the first person perspective in each one. And how the how the narration goes, they're the thought process of that character. Like for instance, like David Eldridge, he's he absolutely hates Arena. <laughs> yes. And and they're just like bitter rivals. And then when you go through a chapter through his point of view, you start going for what he's thinking, what he's what he's planning, what he's plotting, and the reasons behind it. So it's not just like from Arena's point of view, obviously she is the main central character, but you're not always hearing from her thoughts all the time, which I think is great. Yeah, I think it definitely adds to, especially that story. I don't do that in all of my books, but I mean, all my full-length books switch point of view like that. But it does, it's its own layer of plotting and its own layer of challenge. I didn't realize that when I first started writing to, you know, if you're going to work with a narrator who is going to get into the, the different tones and stuff and different um, sounds of voices and accents, that it creates its own fun that way as well. <laughs> So yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how much time we actually have for this, but I could go on for a while about the main cast and how I chose different voices and personalities for each one. Uh, you know, well, we can. Yeah, we can definitely circle back to I mean, we usually go for 45 minutes. So, you know, we have yeah, another half an hour. So we'll get back to a couple of these because I definitely I want you to share. I love I love how you do some of these accents and I think it's a unique perspective. I don't know if a lot of other authors realize that this is something that, yeah, you might end up paying more, but this is something that an audiobook narrator can do if they're dedicated to doing it. But yeah, I do want you to do some examples because you have some amazing skills. And I always appreciated, I think the first time I was never even into audiobooks, the first time I wanted to have one made 
And I just, you know, put up a script and that was for um, Born of Water for the epic fantasy. And someone had come back with a narration and it was the first time I really heard something I wrote narrated by a professional. I was like, holy crap, this is cool. Except <laughs> he used a falsetto for the woman. And so it sounded like a puppet play, you know, something you would see done for kids. And it <laughs> kind of that grated on me. And I've never looked at another um, narrator who did falsettos, but you don't, but you can, you, when you do things, you, I can still tell it's um, one of the women. I can tell, you know, one of the guys, you just do a very good job of switching fluidly between gender, but being earnest and not making it sound fake. You could actually think that this was a real person. And that's what always is amazing. Yeah. I mean, and like I was trying to say, I mean, um, when I go through the different personalities, I just kind of put myself in their position. How do they think? Why do they think this way? Uh, who are they talking to? How do they feel about them? How would I feel if I was that person talking to that person? And, you know, each one has their own certain accent. So I think whenever, whenever you have a certain accent, it has to have a certain voice. So I don't believe any character should sound the same because everybody's unique. We all have our own certain, and we all have our own certain uh, things about us. And so when I started looking at accents on YouTube from people from these different nationalities, I studied their speech patterns, how fast they talked, their expressions, how they use their body language, and how can I adapt that to my voice to match the persona. Oh. So if I find that each person has their own life, it's easier to know who is who, and I can easily conjure up that character from the vast pool of personalities that I have stuck in my head. And if each person is unique, then they're also my close personal friends that I've known forever. So you just don't forget those personal friends. No, you don't. I think you're going to miss these books as much as I'm going to miss you recording these books when we're <laughs> done. Yeah, every every character has, has a certain uh, has a certain like uh, spot in my heart, I guess you could say. It's as cheesy as that sounds. I mean, they, each one is like a very unique person. And and uh, when when one of the characters did pass away, that that hurt. <laughs> yes we ended up um we ended up on a conversation we both cried over that character's death which i just think that's kind of cool i mean everything you're saying is very much what an author goes through and i don't think most authors realize that this is something that you know an audiobook narrator is also feeling and going through on a very personal level as well if they're really getting into your book yeah it's it's uh it's definitely something you have to kind of like well, a lot of times you have to kind of separate yourself from the story, saying like, okay, yes, it's a story. <laughs> like these aren't real people, but it's but it's it's just something that you just kind of feel. But, but when you give life to a certain character, they just become you, you know? And that's why, I mean, the times of these characters, the way you voice them, it's even now when I read what I wrote, it's how I hear them. So you've created them, even if they became like, you know, on the big screen, I don't think I could ever hear them sound differently than the way you created them because it has become how I even see them. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. That, that just makes me feel good as a narrator too. Cause <laughs> when you can give, you can give that kind of performance that actually just makes an impact on someone, especially the author themselves. That's it's humbling. It's, it's really, really nice. Oh, oh, you're definitely that good. Like I said, we're gonna. I definitely want to throw in some um, examples because we we hope have some quotes and things. So I think you can come up with one. But just out of curiosity, because I mean, when we started, so we talked about like I gave you the book and you read through the whole book, and then you asked for some examples and maybe some like pronunciations and stuff. But 
to pick up something to to start creating this character, what do you need from the an author to pick that up? So what what's something that authors could have prepared if they're looking for an audiobook narrator that they would kind of know that they might ask questions about? See, that's kind of hard to answer because a lot of times, I mean, the the actor gets the freedom to do what they want to do, but you also have to have the author's input because you can't just kind of like throw out something and say, this is how I want the person to sound because that's that's selfish. <laughs> I mean, yes, you're the actor and you got your expressions and you got your artistic uh, uh, freedom, but you also have to make sure the author's okay with it. You can't just have, like you said, your other um, narrator who actually had one of your stories with a falsetto that probably mm-hmm. got on your probably got on your nerves a little bit. <laughs> but, I did not select them after the audition, but they did make me appreciate that audiobooks are kind of cool, but yeah, they didn't make it past the first casting. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. I mean it's it's just one of those things. You have to you have to have constant communication with the author. I mean, um I think as a uh as a narrator, it's easier if you actually know exactly what the person wants the character to sound like like if you say okay this person is uh he's a gruff older man who's who's uh uh all about like propriety and uh and and uh society and he's and he's in politics and he always wants himself to look better than what he really is but he's hiding his uh insecurities and fears and he's having trouble with his son even though he's he's uh he's very natural and becoming uh in person to other people when it comes to like enclosed doors, he's he's scared and he's worried and he doesn't know how to he doesn't know how to heal with his son. Uh, this man is his name is David David Eldridge. He's uh, he's a strong individual, but he's also like uh, weak in in the case of his emotions and uh, how he's how he sees the world. But he's also like very stoic and he has this very specific vision for Europe and he wants to lead Europe in a certain way and he believes what he's doing is right, but the ends justify the means. And a lot of times I mean what you're doing is not exactly the best for the country itself. So uh, how do you get that into like a voice? How do you, how do you make a voice with that? So you, you say, okay, um, this person who's, he's gruff. He's kind of like a low voiced. Maybe he's a bit more uh, um, well to do. He's, he's, uh, he's rich in, in his, uh, in the way he projects himself. He may not actually be rich, but he wants to look rich. So, like he's uh, like well-to-do and uh, older and uh, wise in his words, but he's also kind of like a slow, slow in speech, but uh, wants to, he's condescending in some ways too. So it's like, it's like some of those things, if you could describe like the character itself saying like, this is how I want him to sound. And then suddenly you just get that voice and then just comes, it just comes naturally. Uh, definitely to you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, so you, it's neat to hear like, the things I wrote translated into how you would take that into creating Dave Eldridge's voice. And it's very, it's not as simple as, you know, saying, oh, he's British and he's older and he's male. You literally, you take into all these nuances of like how he poses himself. I mean, you really get into the acting nuances of it. And that is really, it's amazing how intense that is and what it's a totally different mindset from, you know, being an author. So it's really neat. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be, if you're going to be a person, you got to be a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, we all have different facets. We all have different things going on in our lives, but um, 
what's nice is that as an actor, you can actually pull from the experiences of your own life or mm -hmm. experiences that you've known from other people, like friends and family, relative, things like that. And um, every single person has such a huge pool of experiences that they can, they can dive into. And um, as an actor, you have unlimited amount of, of knowledge at your fingertips that uh, you just, you just pull from. That's just, it's to me, it's still amazing. But again, I didn't, I haven't taken acting classes and I've never ever tried to be an actor. So this is why I hired you to <laughs> handle that aspect. I'm much happier writing, even though I've been told my voice is not horrible, but <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not. But, <laughs> I hope they didn't say it like that. It's like, well, your voice is horrible. <laughs> Uh, I'm still not going to be auditioning for anything soon. <laughs> How I think a lot of so when we're when authors are signing up to do audiobooks, you know they're told they're usually told um, you know narrators get paid by finished hour, and a finished hour is usually three to four hours of work. What goes into that? I mean, is that true or is that just something that, you know, ACX puts up there so we feel bad? And if it is true, like, is it multiple takes? I mean, what is it, what happens to something you're recording? How do you make that into the clip that you then send to me? Well, I mean, there's a lot of work, especially with audiobooks. It's, it's, uh, it's a huge time commitment. That's for sure. Um, if you're getting in to audiobooks to make money, it's not about per finished hour because the per finished hour is the actual finished book. So if the book lasts like eight hours to speak as it's done, you only get paid for those eight hours. You don't get paid for the hours upon hours and days upon days and sometimes weeks or months to make the thing. Because, wow. I mean, there is a lot of work in audiobooks. And I think most people don't really understand that. Um, but then again, I mean... I might actually put way more <laughs> work into, into my audiobooks than some other narrators do, but uh, uh, it's it's okay. So whenever you start, you have um, the whole chapter that you're going to speak through. Yeah, you, you speak in, inside of your little uh, your little audio uh, containment box wherever you're going to start speaking your um, story, and uh, you go through the whole chapter. I try to do it chapter by chapter so that way I can I have some sanity left in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I finish I finish a full chapter. A lot of times it takes multiple takes because I'm trying to get the right uh, the right inflection, the right emotion, the right. And uh, um, my earlier books, I didn't have any classes, so it was just me doing it by myself. So I wouldn't be as proud of the earlier work that I that I would be as uh, what I know now because I I just know more, but. Um, in the beginning, it's basically like you, you read the story, and then um, I tried to always make sure that every character had, own, had its own unique voice. Um, a lot of times, I was able to do it in one take. A lot of times, that took me several takes, but um, it all depends on um, how I felt when I listened to it. So I can hear myself through my great big uh, uh, headphones. And <laughs> And uh, with those great big headphones, you can kind of hear how your voice sounds. It, it kind of like echoes back to you. So you have an idea of what it's going to sound to someone who's listening to it. So when I go through it, and it's like, that didn't sound good. Let me try it again. Or um, I was like, well, what are you really trying to say here? I mean, just say it, you know? <laughs> A lot of times you argue with yourself inside of the inside of the vocal booth because it's like, no one's going to want to listen to this. Try it again. And then, you know? <laughs> 
so it's like, it's like okay, um, and then you do a character, which is totally different from narration. Narration is all about like trying to make it sound compelling and interesting enough so people will want to listen. But then the character is completely different because this is a person you're dealing with. This is a real living person. So you have to make sure you sound like a real person. And then you have to get those personalities, the uh, different, the, the very subtle things in their voice that tell you what they're really thinking. And uh, it just, it's way more fun to hear that in a character when because all you have is voice. You don't have the body to act with, which I've done that as well. But um, when it's just voice acting, it's so much harder because you have to get every feeling inside of that voice because all the audience knows is what they hear, not what right. they see. And so, that was, I remember the first time listening to something you did and I think whatever expression growled or hissed um, and you actually did that in the voice and then switched to the narrator voice and said it. And I'm like, darn, that is cool. <laughs> so <laughs> it is quite, it is right. So when you're narrating, you're worried, I can hear you worry about the, you know, the tones, the pacing, the inflection, how you say the sentences and the pauses. And then it is a totally different switch when you do the characters. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I try to be like more, uh, even tone with a narration mm-hmm. so that way it doesn't sound too much like any particular character but also i have to make the narration not sound so boring and drab and just like uh does this guy even care about what he's talking about <laughs> <laughs> and i have heard um auditions that i was like okay i'm asleep already so yes, no don't yes. do that <laughs> yeah yeah so so you have to it's it's a delicate balance between the narration and the characters and and you have to figure out that balance and, and make it work. And that's, that's why it's nice to have constant communication with the author. Cause you can actually show them little clips and say, hey, what do you feel about this? Uh, Cause you don't want to make the like three chapters and then submit it. And they say like, that's horrible. Do them all again. It's like, you know how long that took? That took like three weeks. <laughs> oh, that is definitely one thing I, I do think authors need to you know understand how long it takes and just out of curiosity so i would take it considering the level of just what it takes to do it i mean if you want to write you're not going to have time to be able to do your own audiobook but i mean equipment wise and all that do you what does it require i mean is this something that you think an author should be able to do their own book or do you think you know this is a level unless you're really going to spend a lot of time and effort just don't just hire somebody who can get it done well. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if, if the author is, um, if the author also loves acting, I'd say have, have them do it as well. But um, it's, it's one of those things where uh, just like my equipment for what I use, you get what you pay for. So um, if you're, if you're going to do it yourself, make sure that you have some sort of training that, you know, uh, how to say something with different inflection, put the emotion behind the voice, live your own characters, which I think is possible. But I mean, it's, it's difficult because I mean, if, if you're an author, you're, you're pouring your heart into writing. Right. Um, it's very rare to have someone who's an author and an actor. I mean, it's definitely possible, but I haven't seen too many of those. No, I can't but, imagine. A lot of the stuff, like I said, that you're describing, you would make a great author because you, you understand what it takes to do the character, but you're a fantastic actor, so you don't need to get into writing unless you you know retire and want to go there. Right. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. I always appreciate your compliments. Well, um, I think... 
yeah, unless you want to add something to, you know, you know, what would it take for someone to, if they wanted to get set up, just okay. out of curiosity, just what would it take for someone minimum if they wanted to try this, just so that people have a realistic idea of what equipment it takes to be an audiobook narrator or why maybe you should have someone else do it? Well, I mean, like I was saying, I mean, you get what you pay for, especially with your equipment. So um, what I have is a Focusrite Scarlett 2i2 audio interface. That's that's kind of basic. It's kind of like uh, your starter kit. It's pretty much what I got when I had my uh, my first um, um, my first demo was recorded for my uh, narration and character work. They gave okay. me they gave me a Scarlett uh, Focusrite 2i2 um, audio interface, and that is just the thing that hooks up to your computer that allows the microphone to go through. It's not the microphone itself. So the Scarlett 2i2, that system is about roughly $150 to $200. And then you have the microphone itself, which is a, uh, uh, a condensed, um, what is it, a diaphragm, a diaphragm condensed uh, microphone. Okay. And those things, uh, this is a, uh, uh, it's a Rode N1, NT1A. Yeah, Rode NT1-A. And that's like your highest end average uh equipment that you can get but it's it's like it's the highest end microphone that you could get without spending thousands of dollars on a microphone so that one is about 300 bucks for uh just the microphone but it's a really really good one it's actually uh and then if you look around if you actually notice things you you can see that that particular microphone is used by several artists several voice actors several uh, musicians it's a pretty well-known um, microphone, the Rode Mic. It's actually mm-hmm. a good brand, R-O-D-E. It's a really good brand. But um, like I said, I mean, if, if you want to have a good quality, I would start with that. Um, you can do like headset mics, but you're going to get what you pay for. It's, it's a, lot of, a lot of background noise, a lot of static. So if you're going to have like low-end equipment, you're going to get low-end results. Right. I, I use Audacity for my um, uh, editing software, and that's uh, it's a free uh, it's a free software that you can use. And if you uh, really know how to use it, there's a lot of guides online to learn how to use stuff. But if you know how to use it, you can use Audacity, and I have have no issues with it because, I mean, uh, that's that's what I've always used is Audacity. It's free. There's there's uh, programs that sh- out there that have way more things that you can do. But it's like a lot of fancy bells and whistles that I don't really think I don't really need. So um, Audacity is just, it just keeps, it's good for a budget. That's awesome. And so is that part of the like running, I know before you've said you've run processors to take out clicks and mouth sounds. In fact, I remember you saying like there was something you stopped eating while you were recording because it gave you like a more of a mouth sound. (laughs) You're really dedicated, which I love. But so there's like all these nuances. Plus you need to have like a room that's quiet. We were just saying that you your quiet booth is sort of a closet. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that. Um, okay, so hmm. I picked up a ton of knowledge from my voice acting coach and ways to say things that make it compelling to listen to. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I record for a narration, I have to make it sound just as interesting as all, as all the characters. So um, just like the author is painting a picture with their words, I need to do the same thing with my voice. And uh, sometimes it'll take several times to get the right words, the right meaning, the right inflection, the right emotion. Um, so it's it's funny because I know like how you like to write. Uh, sometimes you have like these really long sentences that are 
Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're super, super long sentences where they're separated by a comma every so often. But to voice it, it can be a challenge, especially when you have like pops and clicks and noise, saliva snaps and things like that. So um, you don't want to break the sentence either with by taking a breath. So you have to go through the entire thing. It's like, I feel so bad. But so, so what I use to help with like noise noises in your mouth and things like that is Granny Smith apples. Granny Smith apples. It is the best food that you can have inside of a booth. So obviously, you're not going to hear yourself going. So <laughs> I've never heard that on any clip you've sent me. No. Yeah, because you, you have to edit it out. You have to take all that all that noise out. So so when I'm recording, I always have the microphone on. So it's kind of comical sometimes when I'm re-listening to it and the and the editing uh, section when I just I I can just see like a little pops as oh there I am I'm eating something so I I, <laughs> I, delete, I delete that whole entire section and then get to the next part. And so what keeps me on track. The Granny Smith apples gets rid of the pops and clicks naturally. And then um, I also use like lukewarm water, like little tiny little sips of lukewarm mm-hmm. water. So that way I can keep my voice hydrated because mm-hmm. um, you're in the you're in the booth for hours recording and recording and recording. And uh, so um, to help me out whenever I'm listening to it, I like to snap my finger. When I snap, I mean that that proves to me that I did the sentence right. So mm-hmm. if I if I say like, "Arena um, went to the store and then she got this particular thing, but they actually got a set of bullets for for her AK forty seven," and then I have a snap because then I know that I did that sentence right. And that way, when I, right, so that when I go to the editing thing, I can see the snap very easily because it's it's a very long and a very thin. Uh, noise on the uh, on the vocal track. So you see the vocal track all in the sound waves, and this one thin uh, cut, which is definitely a snap, because it, it pops up pretty well in, in the uh, editing thing. So you see that and it says, "Okay, I know I got that sentence right. I can delete everything else." So um, it does uh, it does still take hours to edit, but it's actually a lot easier whenever you snap your fingers. So that way you're not listening to every single take to see, to see which one is which right. Is the good- <laughs> yeah. Wow. wow. It takes uh, like so. I I, I kind of took a tally and I said it takes roughly about three hours to edit for a thirty-minute chapter. Wow, that's yeah, really crazy. And so yeah, ACX is really quite pretty close to when they say per finished hour. So well, that's, man, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, per finished hour, you're not getting paid for those three hours. Right. You're only getting paid yeah. for that three minutes. So you're only getting paid for the 30 minutes that you finish. So if, if you uh-huh. finish, like you say, if you finish a book in seven hours and the book is seven hours long to listen to start to finish, that's how long the actor will get paid. They don't get paid for the months and months and months yeah. it took to make the thing. <laughs> and the 21 to 30 hours that you've put in. And so that's one reason when you see like the per finished hour rate, some of them are, you know, $400, $500. There's a reason for that because that's being divided by four or five hours. 
to cover your cost. That's really and it's it's, yeah, it's funny, I, just, it's funny to, say about, to think think about that. But before I got into voice acting, I always wondered why it was so much money. But now I know. <laughs> now you know. Yeah, it, it, it looks good so on the one end. Yeah. 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 And then and then if if you're not an actor, if you don't know, you're just like, why in the world would I pay this much money for someone just talking in a microphone? You're not a brain surgeon. Why should I pay you $500 an hour? Well, because it took five hours to make that one hour. Yeah. And then, and then, like I said, you get what you pay for. I mean, you want a quality, you want a quality story. You want your story to have the life that you really want. You're going to have to pay for it. (laughs) Right. It makes sense. Yeah. And just just like, and just like paying someone for piano lessons, you get, uh, you get the, um, um, you get the end result from the actual lessons that you learn from a professional. So you're always going to, you're always going to pay the, the professional rate if you want to have a professional quality. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Most people well, are just like, how would I pay that much for that? Oh my gosh. I'll just myself. <laughs> well, this, that's why I wanted to do this though, is because I really wanted to that authors know, you know, what they're going to, what they should have in hand when they're going to go to an audio, audiobook narrator, but they should also know really what is on the other side, what it is you're doing. It shouldn't be this like mystery because once you know, you appreciate it so much more and the expense and the time commitment makes so much more sense. I mean, we've been together for four years because it's a series and things have come up and stuff has happened, but you know, when you, when you signed up to do four books, this was not, you know, you knew it was a chunk of your life. We've shared quite a few years together now. Yes, and yes, there's a have. reason. Yeah. So it's like, you should have someone you can communicate with. You should have someone you can get along with. You're, you're sharing, you're sharing, for me, I'm sharing an, an, something I developed, something little part of me that, you know, my little baby I created and I'm giving it to you and you're like growing it into something else that is a whole new thing. And it becomes a collaboration, not just, you know, a hand, you know, passing the baton. Right, right. And but that's that's the also that's the risk that the narrator has to take, too, because especially if you're going to be doing um, royalty sharing, um, I know that uh, that's the risk for, for narrators as well, because the royalty share is only 20% of every single sale. And um, you have to really be um, <clears throat> kind of trusting of the author too, to say like, how is this going to be marketed? Where is it going to go? Is, is this worth my time? That kind of thing. So yes. you, have, you have to kind of see, I mean, the, is, is this something that's going to be lucrative? I mean, and if it's not, it'll be nice for a hobby. But if you're, if it's something that you want to do for your livelihood, these are things you have to think about. Absolutely. It is always the struggle and uh, yeah it's something especially once you start taking this as a business and taking this seriously these are the questions i think everyone has got to be asking of how is this going to work out in the end and who's who's going to end up holding the money and how is it going to work out for both everyone involved that it's worth the time right right well i want you to show off a little bit i would love it if you do have any of those quotes handy to uh show off what some of the voices some of the things that you can do and what other authors should you know make your audiobook narrators do this too <laughs> well i mean I, I guess you could say that um, i might be able to just kind of like start talking like the particular person as i talk about that character if you want me to do that sure so when i go through the uh different things about thinking about who I'm going to be. I start going through the different, uh, you know, nationalities and where things go. Uh, This is uh, someone who's from South Africa, who's obviously white. So it's a lot easier for me to be someone who's uh, 
a white guy because that's obviously who I am. So, but this name is his name is Jared. He is uh, the uh, captain of the uh, armed forces, and he definitely works very well with Arina, who is definitely his best friend, his confidant, and uh, someone he's lived his life with for a long time. And uh, also with David as well. David Eldridge is uh, a good buddy of his. I guess you could say he met him first before uh, meeting up with Arena. Uh, it was definitely an interesting situation, but uh, with the accent, you have to kind of understand this guy's from Africa, so he's got a bit of a thicker accent here, but he's also a smart ass. Uh, <laughs> yes, is, he is. Uh, yeah, Jared is definitely someone who's... Uh, um, he, uh, he he has a way with his words, and uh, he and Arena get in it a lot, and uh, it's a different, uh, a really good dynamic between the two characters. Uh, when it comes to Arena, I try to be a little bit more like my own voice, but just a little bit higher, so it's kind of has like a feminine quality to it. Um, I know that she started off very weak. Um, she didn't really know where she was. She didn't have an idea about her character at all. Um, she was kind of scared, maybe scared of her own shadow, perhaps. Um, she started going out. She had a, a, a husband named Michael. Uh, once certain things happened in the story, that kind of like fell apart. But <laughs> I'll let things kind of. I'll let uh, the people who want to read it actually listen to that. But uh, my name is Arena, and uh, I'm definitely the uh, the first person who did you kind of get in a, into a in arms with? You start um, relating to me. I, I'm a strong character, but it does take a while for me to uh, start figuring out who I am and how strong I really am, and I can lead the armed forces. And then you have someone like Byron. <laughs> Definitely my favorite character. Really? I did not know that. I absolutely love Byron for everything that he is. He is definitely has like that Mexican quality, but sort of like mm. the Latino man. He's a ladies' man. Every lady, yes, loves, every lady loves Byron. <laughs> Byron Busquies is just a wonderful human being. He has that particular quality that women just flock to. You say, wow, what a man. And I have to agree. And then you have David Eldridge, who's a very, a very well-to-do man. And he's British. So when he starts to think about the different things that is happening in his life, he um, has a little bit of a warring upset in, in his own life that um, he has to kind of try to get along with his son, David. Or Derek. I'm David. What am I saying? So Derek is my son, and he's sort of a troublemaker. Uh, I try to keep him in line, but he never listens to me. So it kind of gives me a little bit of an internal struggle whenever I hear that he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to be in politics. Why would you not want to be in politics? It's just it's Parliament. It's mother. It's the greatest thing in the world. It runs Europe. But you're not supposed to know that. <laughs> Then you have Derek Eldridge, who's a little bit of a more worldly man. He's also British, but he doesn't really get along with his father very well. But there's that sort of thing that he sort of respects a bit more from, from his father. But it's just one of those things that just like, I got to make my own way of things, you know? Why don't you just let me live my life, Dad? Come on. That is just absolutely brilliant that you can do all four of those in a row. I'm like trying not to crack up so that, you know, we can just record this without you having me laugh my head off in the background. That is so brilliant. 
And then you have one more, way more difficult characters. She is French. Uh, she is definitely one of those people that has like a um, a way of the world. Uh, she tried, she gets away with her feminine wiles. People, <laughs> men just fall over her. She's definitely French, and so French accent is can be a bit difficult sometimes. It just takes a little bit of a little bit of practice, and it tells you that uh, I am nothing to be trifled with. No, definitely don't mess around with Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is so brilliant. I don't know if you have any others, but I just, like I said, you bring this book to life. So it's just amazing. And this is the quality that you bring and that an audiobook narrator can bring to your characters. It is just phenomenal to hear someone professional and well done actually giving voice to a story. <laughs> the characters are a lot of fun. I mean, and like I said, they, they all have their own unique voice, their own unique flavor. And you have to, you have to give them their due justice, or else they're just not a real character. Uh, I can't agree more, and I definitely think. Uh, I mean, very least, there's some clips. All of the books have clips on Amazon or an Audible, so I mean, it's at least worth going and listening to them, so that you can see some of the level that you've put into these books, which is just like I said. I, I whenever you tell me like you've uploaded a chapter. It's like, yes, yes. I can't wait to go hear this. I make sure it's not one of those things that, you know, you're cooking dinner. I'm like, no, everything else must stop. I am going to just sit here and enjoy this. This is awesome. So yay. This was a really fantastic. Thank you, Brian, for joining me here. Oh, absolutely. It's been a joy, Autumn. I'm just very glad to finally get a chance to talk to you. I know. Yeah, this was totally our double up excuse as a chance for us to hang out until we can finally, you know, COVID is over and the world is maybe a little less crazy. And I'm back on the road again. And I am totally beelining it over to Oklahoma so we can say hi and hang out and have a beer. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd love that. All right. (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess, uh, I guess uh, until the next time I I can get the last, the last book done and, um, until then, I guess we'll, we'll talk later. Yes, we will. Thank you again. And so thanks for listening in. We will, yes, we'll be back next time and we will be talking about some magic systems, like the worst of them. If you like what you just heard, there's a few things you can do to support the Am Writing Fantasy Podcast. Please tell a fellow author about the show and visit us at Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. You can also join Autumn and Jasper on Patreon.com slash AmWritingFantasy. For as little as a dollar a month, you'll get awesome rewards and keep the Am Writing Fantasy podcast going. Stay safe out there and see you next Monday. <laughs>